0: Hello, and welcome to Diminishing Returns and our first review of the year episode of 2018. Yes, our traditional bi annual episodes where we look back at the films we were anticipating throughout the year, in this case, January through May 2018. Films such as Maze Runner, The Death Cure, Annihilation, Black Panther, Tomb Raider, Pacific Rim Uprising, Deep Blue Sea 2, and Avengers Infinity War. This podcast contains spoilers for all of those films, but especially Black Panther and Infinity War. If you like what you hear, then we'd love it if you could check out our website at dimreturns.com, and if you care to do so, please give us a positive rating and or review on iTunes. But without further ado, join us as we travel back to a confused, primitive, and arduous time, January 2018.
1: Hello, welcome to Diminishing Returns, doing a, is this our fourth or fifth review of the year episode ever, where we look back at the films we've been talking about. So, we've done this before, you know the drill, um, it's always good fun, we're, we're having a discussion of films that have been out recently. Uh, yeah, so earlier earlier this year, the start of the year. I'm
2: Calvin, by the way. Yes, and I'm Alan, that's what <laughs> over there is Sol. How do you okay, do at the start of this
1: year, what did we do? I'll tell you what the first one was. It's a really shit film to start with. Right. Uh, the Maze Runner. What uh. the third one was called. That came out. We did The Maze Runner, looking at the third one coming out. Uh. Have you guys seen it?
0: I, I wanted to see it, but um, because we're recording this a bit earlier than its home movie release, I have not seen it yet. And I'll well, i would be damned if I'm paying £15 to use it at the <laughs> cinema. So. Oh,
2: no. Well, I-, I didn't particularly want to see it, but I downloaded it illegally. Uh, and watched it for free. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, because that's the kind of guy I am. I like to live on the edge.
0: Is it a satisfying finale to the films we discussed?
2: Uh, what do you think? Uh, probably not. <laughs> no, am I accurate? Not. <laughs> You're very accurate. Uh-huh. It was extremely shit. Have you seen it all?
1: No, I have not. I, I hated the other two so much that I. Yeah,
2: uh, I mean, I must admit, was I wasn't like desperate to watch anything. I just thought I'd. I, I, I tried to get through as many of these films as I could and this was like the last one I got to. I won't go into a lot of detail then. Basically, it's, what, one of the major problems with it is that it, it's, not, it's not a sequel. It's not like a, a, a new story within this story world. It's a direct continuation of the last film. So it just feels like you're watching the second half of a series, you know, or second half of a thing. So it doesn't really work as a sort of standalone film. Uh obviously the second for like I quite liked the first one for for what it was and we discussed this in the episode. Uh the second one was terrible and this one's also terrible for the same sort of reasons and it just completely loses any sense of reality or I, I'm not sure if it it feels like well I, I, what I assume happened what it feels like is someone wrote one book and then it was successful, so they had to come up with some way of continuing it, which was not established in the first book at all. And so they've just gone in a completely different direction. It doesn't really tie into what happens in the first film. Um, it it they try they try and make it tie in, and it, the more they explain, the less it makes sense. <sighs> yeah, and then just a lot of just little complaints of like, well, why has that character done that? That was a stupid thing to do. They wouldn't do that in that situation. Uh, basically my notes are things like, none of this makes sense. The whole plot of this film is stupid. Um, <laughs> and, and things like that. So I won't go into details. It's not really worth it. Um, Sounds
1: like um, the second film all over again, basically.
2: I'll tell you a little bit of a interest. Well, interesting is relative, but uh, this is a, this is a spoiler. I'm sure you won't mind, but, Thomas, who is the lead character, Thomas is the lead character, and <laughs> he he has special blood that for some reason cures people. Right, so mm. when the, he gives blood to someone in the second film, and and they're like, oh, that'll be that'll see you right for a, a couple of months, and then ultimately she she's not sick anymore, and so they realise, and part of the plot of this film is that they realise that he's the cure. Finally, after all this pain and turmoil, he's the cure, and they found him, and they just need to you know get blood out of him and the end of the film is him basically going nah no. uh, <laughs> nah i've decided not to let you do that hmm. so the kind of the end of it is you know humanity is doomed <clears throat> um, unless you're immune does he does does he small... justify
1: his decision well
2: the whole th- the whole th- the whole storyline and this whole film is predicated on the fact that sacrificing these 30 young people uh, who are immune in order to extract a cure that will save many is not justified which is one of the main problems with it because it obviously is (laughs) (laughs) and like okay if you're one of those people and you manage to escape you don't want to go back i can understand it but They just don't explore that ambiguity enough. And you've got the Teresa, the girl character, that she's the other side of that, where she understands that it's a difficult thing to do, but she thinks it's worth it. And there's this sort of ambiguity. And then you've got the main bad guy, who's the um, Aiden Aiden Gillen, is it? Is that who? Oh, uh, yeah. Is Is that his name? He's in this, he's still shit. Uh, So he's like the proper bad guy, because he's the one who's going... Yes, we get this guy, we'll get the cure, and then we can sell it to all our rich friends, but not give it to the nasty poor people, we'll let them die, ha 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 ha. And so mm-hmm. that's a bit, that's okay, okay, he's the bad guy, because it's like the, the corporate guy. But mm-hmm. ultimately, the, the, the other people on the other side, are, they're trying to find a cure to save humanity. And so it's difficult to see them as the bad guys. Anyway, that's kind of, it's very much a continuation of the second film, in that it's terrible and doesn't make any sense.
0: I just have one question. Uh, the film was postponed in, during filming because the lead actor, like he was involved in some kind of accident, and he like smashed his face up or something. So is there a part has he got of the a Mark film? Face. Well, is there a part in the film where he goes from being like, "You can't take my blood," to, "You can't take my blood."
2: <laughs> um, I didn't notice anything there. Oh, no, interesting. I didn't. There was no obvious lacerations on his face. Yeah. Um, oh, but you know, uh, you know the guy you like, Sol, uh, Galli. <laughs> um, the ugly one. Yeah, he he's in it, and now obviously he dies at the end of the first film. So mm. when he turns up, he turns up in this one. It's like a bit of a reveal, mm. and they're like, "Go, what? How, well, the, we you were dead." And he's like, "Ah, but was I? Ah, no, I wasn't." <laughs> <laughs> and that's Great. it. It's like, no, I wasn't actually dead. Someone found me and they sort of cured me and now I've been living here for a bit and now I'm going to help you. So it was just... Yeah. The, like, I don't know why that had to happen. Just make a new character. Well, anyway. Mm. So, there you yeah. go. Pretty crap. Okay. I gave it a mm. three out of ten. Ooh, It was quite boring. And I watched half of it and then I had to stop for some reason. And about two days later... Um it occurred to me that I hadn't finished it because <laughs> I'd forgotten. <laughs> and then I and then I actually did it again because I watched about 20 minutes of it, gave mm. up again, and then uh again thought I'd finished it. Um so that's the sort of emotional connection I had to it.
0: <sighs> hmm. Okay, interesting.
1: So what did we uh cover next? Well, this is a weird one. We did um sunshine. Ah. You made us do Uh, loosely tying into the release of... uh, What's his name? Alex... Alex Garland. Garland. Yeah, Alex Garland's, uh, at the time, upcoming film, Annihilation, which, Mm. as it turns out, was going straight to Netflix. I had no idea that was the case. It just popped up one day. Mm. Um, So I watched it, and yeah. Have you guys watched it?
2: Yes. Yes, I watched it, and I actually thought... Actually, it's a really good one that we tied Sunshine into because in a very similar way, there's some very interesting concepts here that Mm. aren't quite wrapped up in a plot that makes any sense. Uh, And it sort of ultimately lacks a coherent plot, but Mm. some really interesting things. Uh, So very much like Sunshine, actually.
1: Yeah, Mm. yeah, it's very true. I was
0: reminded Um, of Sunshine quite a lot, just even in the very concept of it's these people and they're going to try and get to this certain point, otherwise humanity will... Die and they don't quite know what they're, how they're going to accomplish their goal, but they're going along with it anyway. Um.
1: Yeah, for for listeners who haven't um, got any idea what Annihilation is or haven't seen it, 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 what is it? There's we see a meteor like striking Earth, and basically this government um, sort of laboratories built to try and figure mm. out what this strange emanating energy is that's kind mm. of slowly expanding out from the crash site ever so slowly. Mm. Anyone who goes into the the weird energy doesn't seem to come back, or not quite right if they do. Until
0: um, Natalie Portman's husband returns from a mission, but then Prompt it isn't quite himself. It's sort of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers-esque, and he you know is taken away, and she is taken away too, and is briefed on all this, and then ends up going in with an all-female team to figure out what's going on and get to the uh, lighthouse where the meteor first hit.
1: Yeah, it's become apparent to them that it's going to keep expanding to the point that it starts like consuming the planet, which is why they need to go in and figure out what's going on, because it's not contained. But yeah, so... And then when they get in there, it's just weird, isn't it? I mean, what, what is it? You see like weird... Plants growing all strange and rainbow, yeah, yeah. crocodiles and
2: stuff. And ultimately, the point of it is that DNA is kind of getting mashed up and creating new things because whatever this thing is, which is essentially an alien life force, uh, is kind of just investigating and kind of going, "Oh, this is DNA. Let's see what this does." And and so, like, there's like animals with plants growing out of them, and plants with animals growing out of them. Mm. Um, but it's done quite subtly like it's done it's not done with like oh look a giant eating plant trying to kill us it's like um it's 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 quite a, a philosophical film rather than an action mm. film mm. which i think is to its credit is what i liked about yeah. it yeah yeah
1: i i found it a really unnerving film as well i've got to say mm. like in terms of i mean it, it's not i certainly wouldn't say it's intended as a horror film but I would say some of the... Particularly towards the end, when um, when she kind of comes face-to-face with this being from another um, world, I found it really unnerving that just everything about how it's shot, acted... Um, I, I thought it was really well-crafted uh, sequence, that whole thing, and, and the way it plays out, I won't go into it in too much detail because it'll be spoilers, I guess, but... Um, yeah i i i really quite enjoyed it overall um it was very alex garlandy like you say it it wasn't um massively clean cut you know it was quite a, a messy film that didn't quite um uh you know could have been neatened up a bit but i still really quite enjoyed and
2: yeah the the plot just it, it, yeah it just feels like he's had a good idea that he hasn't been able to put a plot to Mm. um and so that just let it down from a story point of view but yeah loads of things in it that I liked a lot of the visual stuff I liked a lot of production design there's there's a few elements where you can see it's low budget but I'm kind of you know I'm willing to let that go um and there's a lot of elements where they've obviously had to not they've obviously can't shoot that's why there's no big action scenes because they can't afford to do this big cgi monster character or like sort of mutant bear thing and then mm. when they do it doesn't look that good um <clears throat> but um but basically I kind of like some of the concept. I thought the directorial there was a directorial flair there there was definitely a style which I liked um there were some very nice things with uh, like just a, a shot through a glass of water um showing uh you know a hand but it's refracted and and, and obscured which kind of really on a narrative sense, um, pl- a thematic sense plays in because the whole thing about this shimmer is that it's refracting things against themselves and all. It makes sense within the context and it's just a nice visual way, way of, a uh, visual metaphor of uh, what's going mm-hmm. on. So mm-hmm. yeah, loads of things that I liked. It's the sort of thing where I was like, oh yeah, this I want to see what this person does next. Yeah,
0: yeah completely agree. Yeah. Interestingly, do you know, like, how this ended up on Netflix? There was, uh, the producer, I believe it was, I believe the producer, Scott Rudin, and he had oh. a final cut on the, uh, on the finished thing, but there was some chief, uh, I think it was Paramount where the film was, like, you know, where it had its base, where it was, you know, filmed, and whoever was in charge was like, this is too intellectual and too strange, uh, can we change the ending, and, uh... Do this, this, and this in the middle bits, and uh, they they said no. They're like, no, nah, we're standing by it. So that's how it ended up being distributed through Netflix. Because I guess they weren't as discerning about it. Um, but good, good, good for them by standing to the ground. Like I, you, you could easily see how, you know, it had the the ending did have the feel of something that you can imagine would have ended up in another dimension on the DVD extras, and it was a you know as an interesting. Um, added feature, and that the original ending would be changed. It reminded me, actually, in bits of... Uh, did you ever see The Invasion? Which was, like, another remake of The Invasion of the Body Snatchers, with Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig, and that film was famously taken away from the director, and scenes were added, the ending was changed, and it was a it was a real mess. Um, and, and you could see some of that in here. I can see why a studio executive would look at it and be like, God, yeah. we're not going to make yeah. any money with this.
2: Yes. <laughs> I can see that as well, <laughs> uh, but yeah, a um, couple of the actors were a bit weak, but like not terrible. Yeah, but definitely, I think that could have been improved because there's sort yeah. of fa- there's five principal actors in it. You got Natalie Portman. Um, what's her face? Who's the other woman? What's her name?
0: Uh, Natalie Portman was the only name that I knew. Oscar Isaac's in there as her husband.
1: Tessa but, Thompson's uh, in there, and I thought she was quite good.
2: Jennifer Jason Leigh, is that it? Is that her name? Um, well, anyway, she, uh, so... she
1: related to Jason Lee of uh, <laughs> skateboarding and Kevin Smith, Chipmunk fame.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so she, she, her, and Natalie Portman are the kind of names. And then the other, the other three women who go with them into this scary place. I mean, they were unknown to me. They were kind of, uh, and you know, one of them was all right. You know, Tessa Thompson. <laughs> Which one's that? Well, no, I don't obviously. But
1: (laughs) she was in Thor: Ragnarok. She played Valkyrie in it.
2: Oh yeah, no, I thought she was quite poor actually. (laughs) I thought she was good. In this, she just she just seemed out of place somehow. Not that that they were bad actors particularly. It might have been the direction. I thought the dialogue was a bit dodgy, and perhaps it's just the directors not getting much out of them. Like the way that Jennifer Jason Leigh was playing her character, I didn't like that. Um, I don't think that helped. Like she's supposed to be quite. Cold, but I don't know, it was it didn't come across well.
0: It sounds like we're all pretty much on the same page when it comes to this. Uh, uh it wouldn't surprise me if we all have the same rating. It'd be a seven out of ten for me.
1: Yeah, same um, here. I give it a bit of six, but... uh, okay. Ooh, hush, hush. So, uh the week after Sunshine we did our uh now annual tradition of fifty shades of grey episode. Uh... Um for the third Fifty Shades of Grey film, have, have any of us bothered to watch that? Oh, I will do for next Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, I'll do it for the the next big yeah. Fifty Shades episode. It's uh, mm. going to be a good one. I <laughs> might not
2: even bother for that. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like there's not much point. Really, I think we've treated it with the respect it deserves.
1: Mm. 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 Uh, and then we did Captain America. Um, the 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 trilogy of captain america films because mm. black panther was coming out as sort of spin-off of civil war arguably mm. uh so yeah black panther
2: mm. now we've all seen this one yes yeah. and i watched it, i didn't see it at the cinema i just watched it recently
1: i'm sure you're going to be the least into it of the three <laughs>
2: well do you want me to go first then
1: because <laughs> calvin's on board with this one cuz it's got like james bond elements in
2: it <laughs> <laughs> oh well, let me, let me give you my broad strokes then. Ultimately, and I was kind of looking forward to watching this one because I thought it might be a bit different. And ultimately, I felt like it was just kind of the same as the other Avengers films I've seen. Slightly really? different flavor to it. Just a little bit different kind of you know feel to it. But not enough. I found the main guy, the Black Panther man, to, to be quite bland and boring character. Um, and Michael B. Jordan, who was the main villain, kind of doesn't get enough of a setup because the whole idea is that it's a reveal that who he is. Uh, but then, so then you don't really get invested in this villain. And then uh, again, he was. I, I like Michael B. Jordan, but it, it just felt like he was quite a one dimensional character who was just like, ah, oh, I'm the young, aggressive guy. I and, thought he was
1: a very good villain personally. I, I really liked him. And I, yeah. I really like the way they set up Andy Circus as this massive flamboyant um, you know, ham hamming it up, chewing the scenery villain that was great fun, but then just kind of unceremoniously like killed him off halfway through the film to be like, no, this is the real villain over here. Um I was never under like, any illusion that anyone other than
0: Michael B. Jordan was the main villain. Well, Andy well, Serkis I didn't know was that. Good,
2: I, but... I did not know that at all. I didn't I kinda of went into this fairly blind. So the fact that Michael B. Jordan was in it, I was like, ooh, that's Michael B. Jordan. I didn't know if he was gonna turn out to be a villain or if he was gonna be like end up being a sidekick or like it could have been anything. And like it was setting him up as the bad guy at the beginning. So and but it wouldn't have been out of realms to be, that be a twist or whatever. No, they they would never so, have
0: I can't imagine a world where a Marvel film would make someone good that like so blatantly kills innocent people like he does in the museum bit at the start. I'm trying to think uh, if Winter Soldier what, ever did that, because he's the only other character I can think of. that what about uh, Loki?
2: They keep they keep making him... Everyone likes him. Mm, that's true. Yeah. But he's, but any, he's but always anyway, like,
1: been an anti-hero, Loki. He's but, never yeah, been... I mean,
2: but what I mean is that Michael B. Jordan might have ended up being the, the guy who comes good and sacrifices himself at the end, or whatever. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, I had the right, whole concept. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, he, well, he almost was, to be honest. You know, he... he... The film certainly wants you to listen to what he has to say, you know? Uh, Black mm. Panther certainly takes a lot of what he says on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. What I what I thought, because during the film, Michael B. Jordan's character kind of takes over Wakanda and becomes a Black Panther... And I just thought this would be the best fake out ever if this guy was actually the guy they'd cast as Black Panther. But they just, yeah. they really, really <laughs> pulled a, a big fake out by getting this other guy to be in two films and then, like, setting him up. That would have been great. I wish they had the courage to do that.
1: <laughs> like, overall, like, I, I won't, I've got a lot to say about it, but I'll keep it relatively broad. Um, I thought that this had some of the best action in a Marvel film that I've seen in terms of choreography and just how it was all put together. I, I really loved the uh, majority of the action sequences in this film. Um, I thought the direction generally was great. I thought the the actors and performances throughout were really great. Um, a lot of the supporting cast were particularly... Um, well, uh, fleshed out and, and sort of, you know, um, interesting characters, uh, you know, pretty much everyone working, uh, under Black Panther at Wakanda were, you know, ten times better than the likes of, like, friggin' Pepper Potts and Happy Hogan, like, they were really (laughs) interesting characters. Um, even the, you know, the, the leader of that other tribe, but, like, I, I just thought it was full of these great characters, great performances, um, to me, I, I thought it did feel distinctly quite different to the Marvel films before it, personally. Um, I thought that that flavour of, uh, you know, something else was a enough of a distinction um, for me, so that it didn't just feel like more of the same. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm
2: not... Maybe... Maybe they they do the same because it's the same genre, it's the same thing they're doing. I'm just sick of it and never that big a fan of it in the first place. So maybe it was it wasn't that this like I was expecting something different. It was just like oh well yeah this is what what it is it is.
0: I think I I can come down the middle somewhat on that. Like I always have to keep checking my own opinions of this film. I remember I've only seen it the once, but I sat through and I was like okay well that's fine. It is what it is. It's, It's good entertainment. Whatever. Um, but then, in the weeks afterwards, I had people like asking me, oh, what did you think of it? And I was like, oh, it's great, it's really good. And they was like, wait a minute, I didn't feel that way at all. I, <laughs> I thought it was just okay. Why do I feel that? And I think I'm just getting a bit uh, wrapped up in the all the positive word of mouth. About it. like Most people that I know that have seen it have really loved it. I, I thought it was... Sim- pretty similar to Alan actually. There was like a James Bondian twenty minutes or so where they go to a yeah. casino and yeah. Black Panther has a sister who's sort of like Hugh and he gets a load of gadgets and stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, but-
0: yeah, but the the rest of it was kinda usual Marvel stuff. The, the the things that I really liked, actually, were the supporting cast. I loved yeah. Martin Freeman, Angela oh. Bassett uh, as uh, <laughs> Black Panther's mum, Letitia Wright as his, as his sister, and um, I can't remember the actress's name. Uh, she plays Michonne in The Walking Dead. Uh, but, yeah. Who, the, the, those... wh- whoever
1: whoever is, like, his right-hand man, the kind of leader of the warrior women, she's probably my favourite one. I, I Michonne! I really love her. Is that Michelle? Yeah, she's great. I I, I can't remember the
0: actress's name. Um, But Letitia Wright, Angela Bassett is his family. They're fantastic. Um, Maybe this is a bit too spoilery. I don't think it is. I think anyone who is interested will have already seen the film by now. But it bothers me that we have to go through the pretense of believing that Black Panther is overthrown and killed. And he's chucked off a a waterfall. And it's like, I think we're going to get to this in a much... uh, larger capacity with The <laughs> Avengers, Infinity yeah. War a bit later on, but I, I hate that we have to go through this, because anyone, mm. like, how many, you know, Marvel films of I, I get that they feel like they have to hit the lowest point, and the lowest point is thinking that the hero is dead, but I wasn't that big a fan of Black Panther, and if the rest of the franchise
1: had been his mum, his sister, and his bodyguard, I would have been happy. Mm-hmm. The one thing I'll say there is, like, I genuinely was thinking, like... Oh, maybe this film is going to be about him losing the throne, but then, you know, going on to, you know, affect the world positively in other ways and kind of become Mm. a hero and do other things. And I was kind of, I thought they were perhaps going to do something quite interesting with all of that and perhaps make some sort of comment about the very nature of having a, a monarchy and <laughs> all that hmm. sort of thing ruling over people, but then no, he just comes back and beats the guy and uh...
2: Yeah. But I mean yeah, I think I think the idea that having him dead or that is not honey I, mean, I don't think they believe that any audience is gonna be taken in with yeah, that. But it, it's, it's, the, it's those... that the characters yeah. believe he's dead so that they will then fight or whatever. Which is mm. another thing I found interesting because this guy comes in and and beats him uh, in a legitimate fight for yeah, the for the throne, and, and the by their rules. And then yeah. the the message of this film is: if you don't like the leader who's who's there by just means, you can take any action you like to overthrow him, including violence
1: mm. um,
2: and a military coup. So that is the message that this film sends out. <laughs> mm. So I found quite interesting.
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> You know what, I, I for me, like, my broad experience with this film was um, for the first sort of half hour, not half hour, 20 minutes, I just really couldn't quite connect with it. And I don't know if it was the kind of thick, like, made-up African accents everyone was doing that just made it seem very, like...
2: Andy Circus's accent was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> He's not in the first 20 minutes, though, is he? I, I'm talking,
1: there's this sort of... I don't know, it just opened in such a way that just felt very, like, alien and odd, and nothing like, you know, because it, it is this completely, like, sci-fi world that they've kind of created in Wakanda, and um, it just felt very weird, and I'm not quite sure what happened, but there there was a point when it kind of clicked into gear, and I sort of began to connect with the characters, and I was completely on board with it, but... I was quite unsure for the first twenty minutes, and there were like a load of walkouts in the cinema when I was watching. Oh, it. really? Yeah, which was really like was weird, interesting. But um, but it was a packed cinema. But like, yeah, I found mm. it really odd. People just walking out of, yeah. But I, I genuinely really enjoyed it. Um, I think Marvel are, like, have really come into their own with Phase Three. Personally, I think they've done very well.
2: And it's a yeah. shame we'll never see. That character again. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Anyway, so what's your rating? Seven
1: from me. I give it an eight. I give it a six. Uh, Right, then we did Tomb Raider. There was a new Tomb Raider film that Mm. kind of came and went, Mm. and everyone's already forgotten about. Uh, Did you watch it, Alan? I know that myself and Calvin probably didn't.
0: Actually, Calvin, Mm -hmm. did you watch it? No, no. Again, I'll see it when it comes out on streaming, but until then, no.
2: Uh, I watched it the other day. I think it's it may be a deliberate uh, testament to the earlier Tomb Raider films because it's equally shit. Um, oh. The dialogue is awful in the same way those earlier ones were. Dominic West is just utter utter shit the entire way through. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah the dialogue's awful. The way it's delivered is terrible. The main girl actually was all right. I must admit she she was she's a decent actor and she did what she could with what she had really it's just it feels like it was like it was directed by someone who doesn't speak English um in the sense that you can't get a very good sense of tone and emphasis from your actors if you don't understand it now the the director is Swedish or Norwegian or something like that. So I have no idea how good his English is. But it feels like someone... It's directed by someone who's never met a human um, <laughs> and, un- and doesn't understand how they act. Uh, so, yeah, that means that all the character stuff is off. All the dialogue is terrible. And there's all these bits where there's a, supposed to be a bit of banter between her and some couple of guys. And oh, it's all just so badly written. Um, and, and yeah, not, not a lot of establishment of the character of Lara Croft or what she is or why she is most of her backstory is basically her dad he left when she was a kid and he's been missing for ages so you don't know who she is or where she's from really and they just don't make any effort with it uh and then they do they do kind of have a courage at the end to kill off her dad spoiler alert um, oh. Hmm. Because...
0: Uh, <laughs> well, actually, yeah, fair enough. I always thought he was going to be dead from the start anyway.
2: Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, the scene itself where they have the emotional moment before he dies is awful um, just because it's Dominic West. I mean, it could have been a nice scene, but he just can't. act, So it wasn't... Um, and there was some sort of twist at the end. There was some sort <laughs> of last-minute thing, like a little coda at the end, to like, as if it was like, ooh...
0: Oh, I'm no, is sh- there a post-credits scene?
2: No, well, I don't know, but I don't know. No, it wasn't that. It was just something at the end. I can't remember, but all I've put in my notes is some sort of twist at the end, don't know, don't care.
0: Uh, like uh, maybe it was something from the games that they mentioned. Or... Yeah.
1: No. Yeah, yeah. But based oh, on your the... review,
0: I am more interested to go and see the film now.
2: Um, <laughs> just for it... the sake of balance. <laughs> but it's a, it's, a good, it's a good example, right? There's a scene with Nick Frost. Um, and, and, what? And there's... Yeah, Nick Frost is in it. Oh. Um, and he plays like a porn shop See, uh, oh. guy... Not a porn star. Pl- he plays in the ring of town. <laughs> no. <laughs> he plays a guy working in a pawn shop. She goes there to sell something because so she, she needs some money. And so he's there to have a bit of witty banter. And it just falls so flat. And it's uh, like him and this <laughs> yeah, woman playing yeah. his wife, and they have it. And it's like it's just Nick Frost doing the same thing that Nick Frost does in everything. I know he can do it. But All it's just right, so badly written the and the leather? Dire- yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> that. But it's just so badly written and directed that. And that's a, a beautiful example because. Nick Frost just doing Nick Frost. We know he can do it, so it's like, so yeah, just really. I want to see the film now. I mean, that's like a three-minute scene. scene. You can probably look it up. (laughs) Yeah, I give it three out of ten.
1: Ooh, Ooh. well, next up, I don't suppose either of you guys watched Pacific Rim Uprising. Nah, I did. Did you? Oh, Oh, we're gonna clash now, aren't we? Yeah.
0: Like a Kaiju and a big yeah. metal thing, okay, great. i have got my popcorn
1: guys i'm I'm ready for. I'm ready for fireworks, so um essentially, to recap our Pacific Rim episode, I thought Pacific Rim was sort of solid, silly fun. um, you thought it was inane bullshit is is that fair?
2: Yes, probably quite fair. I just felt it was um boring, yeah, well.
1: I felt that this sequel, Uprising, and, and uh, I, you know, I should acknowledge this film got pretty poor reviews, um, so I am very much going against the grain, but I thought this film was kind of everything that I'd really hoped the first one would be, it was just, it, it dialed everything up to 11, it was more, like, ridiculous, more crazy, uh, more inventive it did a really good job of um continuing the the sort of storyline to say that they kind of um wrapped things up and you know prevented that uh, last time round uh but you know continuing certain characters while not bothering to bring others along um i just thought it was great i thought the action was great fun um we we had a bit of a problem with the action how it was put together in the first film um i thought the action was sort of crafted a lot better in this one it was much more just conventional um conventionally entertaining kind of action sequences but then the film the film just gets absolutely mental <laughs> basically there's a point kind of in the middle where i mean basically there's, there's a scene early on that is played almost like a throwaway joke, and you think, okay, weird. And then that soon becomes um, a very pivotal plot element, and the whole film just goes nuts, and I really liked it. Alan, I bet you hated it.
2: Uh, <laughs> why, why would I hate that? <laughs> it sounds great. Um, uh, actually, I thought it was quite good. And, really, and I thought it was far, far superior to the first film. <coughs> um, and I'm choking my <laughs> <laughs> uh, But but no, I mean what you just said there, kind of I I agree with. Um, it, it just felt a lot more like a solid oh piece. And
1: uh, and I forgot to mention uh, John Boyega in the lead, uh, really fantastic, likable. Well, yeah, uh, I presence.
2: mean, yeah. What I'm about to say is basically, I think what sold this film to me was John Boyega and kind of going into it. I can't say I'm like a massive John Boyega fan. It's like, I've seen the star Wars thing. He's all right in that, but just such a natural and easy charisma, such style He's obviously ad libbing stuff all over the place, but it doesn't feel too. It feels like Iron Man, Tony Stark and Iron Man, like that kind of an actor bringing very real charisma to a character. Um, but not not like desperately trying to bring charisma to it, um, and definitely that's who who sells this film, um, and that's what makes this much more watchable. And when you put him next to the his kind of foil throughout, he's not a bad guy, but his foil throughout the guy who's like this all American kind of square chinned white guy, um, who is that, like um,
1: Clint Eastwood's son. He's a real Chris, whoever whoever oh, it is. Know. He, oh. you, I reckon he's called Chris. He's one of I them. think
0: it, it might be Scott Eastwood. Uh, sure it's
1: yeah, not Chris Eastwood.
2: He's like the main guy in it after John Boyega. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you're right. I think it is Scott yeah, Eastwood. Yeah, he has got an Eastwood um, look to him. Uh, yeah. yeah, so him. And he's very kind of... That's the sort of person that usually gets cast as a hero in this film. And here he is like a good guy. But he's like the officious, I'm the military dude, go by the book guy. And so you play that off with John Boyega, who's like from the streets, kind of "I get things done" kind of guy, in in a very kind of classic '80s buddy cop kind of feel to it. And they have to work together to get the job done, and it works. And but there's so much of it that John Boyega is obviously ad-libbing, and and yeah. it works. And, I think and the, John Boyega action,
1: had a huge. I, I get the impression, like from interviews with him and stuff, that he was actually really quite pivotal behind the scenes in this film, far more than a an actor of his standing would typically be. Um, it, like, the way he was talking about it, it almost sounded like he was a producer on it or something. It was very weird. Um, I, I don't I don't know to what extent he was involved <laughs> beyond acting in it, but it... Yeah, um, it was interesting hearing him talk about it. So, yeah, he certainly seemed to be invested in the... The project,
2: put it that Well, it does, it it feels like it was written and then he came in and they realised what they had and and they kind of went, let's make everything with him in it a bit bigger and everything else can kind of go to the outline a bit, uh, outer edges a bit. Because there's the the kind of, it starts with this young girl who's supposed to be about 13, 14, something like that. She's kind of a scrappy, uh, living on the streets kind of building things. So she's like a child protege thing. And they end up going into this, military thing together. And anyway, so she's kind of set up as a major character and she is in it all the way through but it feels like she suddenly takes a back seat to John Boyega and kind of her character is about giving John Boyega like a sense of personal responsibility like because he's like a big brother figure to her. Um, and so it just feels like everything in the film is is about him which I think is good uh, but I'm, it doesn't feel like that's what they were setting out to do. <laughs> uh, so Yeah. Um, I actually generally quite enjoyed it.
1: I am, I am flabbergasted. I've, I've just looked it up. John Boyega is a credited producer on the film. Um, well, fair enough. Yeah. So there we go. Uh and they, yeah, they, I'm they, they Farming you enjoyed it. You know, they I seem to make an them.
2: effort the, to like make the fight scenes a bit more interesting. Like yeah. one of them's in a big city and they're smashing everything up, and then there's one on a bit, like an ice field and they're mm. falling into water. It was just like, yeah, give yeah, a bit of that, variation. That was
1: That's it. Each one felt like what's the gimmick of this fight gonna be? We we you know we have to come up with something other than it's just two robots fighting and um And yeah, and, like I say, I, I don't want to give away too much of like because I think a lot of people listening probably haven't watched this one, um, and maybe will have convinced them to go and give it a try. I don't know. But and there is um, there is a, a, a there's twist. A big, tw- there's uh, a few big twists actually, but there's one particularly big yeah.
2: twist, which I genuinely didn't see coming. And, and yeah. like when that happened, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's yeah, all right." Yeah, and it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but it's also it's out up. of the ordinary. Yes, it yeah. it's out of the ordinary because you're just not seeing it coming.
1: It's quite a bold move on their part. It yeah, shows a yeah. willingness to to not be completely um, attached to, like, characters and the status quo. Um, yeah, I, I really was quite impressed with it. And there were, there were a few twists that I genuinely didn't see coming. But, yeah, I think the one that we're no doubt both referring to yeah, is yeah, particularly, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I think I'm pretty sure John Boyega did a Bad Boys 2 reference at one point as well. Um, which, you know, it does strike me as someone who watches Bad Boys 2 a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, uh, it was
1: good. But yeah, like, overall, I, I hope they make a third one. I hope it made enough money uh, with all that Chinese box office. Um, I think it's actually performed better than the first one, money-wise. So maybe we'll get a third one. Um, they certainly kind of set one up at the very end Um, so yeah hopefully we'll do a proper episode on this down the line Uh, but if not I give it an 8 out of 10 Mm
2: -hmm. I give it a solid 7
1: I'm so surprised
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was very pleasantly surprised by it as well
1: anyway shortly after Pacific Rim we did God's Not Dead uh, for some reason (laughs) religious (laughs) Propaganda pieces. Uh, God's Not Dead Three uh, was coming out. Have you watched it, Alan? I, I know Calvin and I certainly haven't.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So mm. None of us could bear it. For <laughs> <ourselves> to <laughs> endure it. <laughs> uh,
0: so next we have Deep Blue Sea Two. Uh, Soul, did you see it? No. Oh, okay then. Alan, you saw it. I'm surprised. Well, I found it online
2: somewhere. <laughs> like you know, yeah. Uh, no, I
0: had to. I don't. I don't normally do that sort of thing, but I did go to the deep, dark depths of the internet <laughs> to find it, as I felt I didn't think that either of you would. I thought that one of us should probably represent it, and uh, considering I'm the big shark fan.
2: Yeah. Well, go on then. You tell us what you thought of it.
0: Uh, hashtag Calvin's sharks are dead. He's never <laughs> gonna <laughs> request it in the shark film again. Yeah, yeah. It, it's dreadful. It's just absolutely <laughs> appalling. Uh, yeah. Beyond was, even what yeah. I thought, like, yeah. just yeah. no sense of humour, no fun of the original, nothing <laughs> even remotely surprising. Like, I thought the, it... the original had a couple of good twists in there regarding who would live and die, but... Does it tie into yeah. the first one at all, or is it kind of just... No. No, right. It's it's pretty much just the exact same thing, except instead of... Like, in the first film, Saffron Burrow's character is working on these sharks because her dad had Alzheimer's and she wants to find a cure for Alzheimer's. So, that, fair enough. Fair motivation. In this film, whoever's leading the, um, the research uh, into these sharks is doing so to make humans more intelligent because artificial intelligence is becoming very smart, and how can humans possibly survive alongside that kind of artificial intelligence unless they're smarter than it? And that's that's the whole reason why they're genetically engineering these sharks to have bigger brains and whatnot, which doesn't seem like as good a reasoning.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was... I mean, it was really just... Kind of a... The quintessential bad film, like, everything that makes mm. these cheap, kind of crappy films cheap and crappy, the mm-hmm. the TV actors, really, like, and, like, what I mean by, like, proper TV actors, not, like, when you do good TV these days, I mean, like, the sort I, I of actors you see on you're being generous soap.
0: with that, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think, like, not even, like, a recurring character on a soap, like, someone who pops in in an episode, (laughs) and has, like, one line in the background, like, orders a drink in a bar, and that's it.
2: It's like Tremors 4 acting. (laughs) um, Yeah, and just bad dialogue, badly written, badly delivered. Um, But Yeah, very classic of that low-budget film kind of feel. All the characters are just, like... You may as well have tattooed bad guy on their forehead or, or, or <laughs> like heroin or spunky young, you know, go getter and computer mm. nerd, all that sort of thing. Um I'll tell you what I immediately noticed, which is so unusual these days, like a proper opening credit sequence. Yeah, I thought that was almost James Bond esque. Yeah, it was. like
1: it it's really is, bizarre. Is it a cheap way to pad out the running time?
2: You might be right yeah, there, possibly. actually, yeah, yeah. But yeah. just, you know, just so you don't see that anymore with, like, proper just, like, three or four minutes of just names on the screen and, like, in the background, something fairly inconsequential. It's just one of the characters, you know, swimming with sharks or something. But, you know, it doesn't set up any plot or anything. It's just showing this character. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting to see that. It's been a while. Um, mm. Mm. But then just obviously, like, like at one point, you... You just, we just. There's a camera on this woman in a room, and she takes her clothes off on, in her pants. That's it. There's no, there's no relevance to that. She's just, just a quick shot of this woman in her pants. At uh, least
0: Saffron Burroughs took off her uh, wetsuit so she could ground herself uh, <laughs> when she uh, threw the electric wire. Yeah, at least in the they found nail. an
2: excuse for it. Uh, also, the. It's quite a slow start. It's about 40 minutes before oh anything really yes. dramatic happens. And yeah, they don't yeah, even yeah. No, use that exactly. time setting up the characters or anything. I don't know what was happening in that, that time because nothing happened at all. Mm. Um, mm. Well, well, one thing that is kind of an interesting take on it, you might appreciate this, all is that the sharks are super intelligent, but then they're not the immediate problem because, of course, they're in this like... Uh, it's kind of like the first one where they're in this... Uh, Building that's in the water, you know, and so they, they're running around these little things. But obviously these little corridors and stuff, they're not that big, so having sharks swim around them, is going to be, you know, how far can they get? They've come up with the answer to that. One of the sharks is pregnant and gives birth to a load of killer baby sharks. Uh, for some reason, like 30 of them. I don't know how many baby sharks <laughs> have, but I'm pretty sure it's not that many. Uh, I think there's five. <laughs> but it, it, it's impossible to
0: know and count. It's, so
2: yeah. then, all the people are getting killed by little baby sharks. That are, so it's more like piranha. Uh, and they're just running around. And like They suddenly like... So the, you don't have a big fin in the sea. And you're like... Duh-dum, duh-dum. It's just like... And then they're like, oh my god, I'm being eaten. Ah. <laughs> uh, mm. But I thought that was at least something a bit different. And gave it a different flavour. But that, that should have been like a one one-off thing where one person gets killed like that rather than the whole concept. Mm. And eh, But, you know, that was the one thing that made me go, oh, that's, that's different.
0: The, the the kills aren't terribly interesting or fun. There's, like, a few... Because cause they have these little sharks that Alan was just saying. There's, like, the odd death. There's that one where it's that woman who has, like, half a face bitten off and she's, you know... I guess you couldn't do that with a properly-sized shark. There are a couple of deaths which pay homage, I suppose, to the first film. Uh, there's one that's kind of unexpected and then one that, like, the shark, like, sends someone out of the water vertically flying towards camera. Mm. Um, but the, the effects are quite terrible, or the CG is, rather. They have, like, a proper uh, shark model, I guess, which didn't look that bad. But there's very actually very minimal um, CG in the film. It's a lot of just... Yeah, we're seeing the shark POV, like, Jaws style. But I guess that's just more to... uh, So they don't have to spend the money on these special effects shots rather than uh, anything else. Artistic license.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, Uh... Because even in the first film, they they showed the sharks quite a lot. They were quite proud to show off their... CG sharks, but here the CG is barely improved at all. I'm pretty sure towards the start they even, like, reuse the exact same shots <laughs> of the sharks, like, you know, biting towards the camera. Uh, yeah, just, just dreadful. Really, really bad.
2: I mean, I, I watched this film, I don't know, four or five days ago, and I couldn't tell you which character survived at the end. Uh, uh... I mean, I could make an educated guess based on which ones were the heroes, but I actually couldn't I couldn't say for sure.
0: Well, let's not spoil the magic for the (laughs) listeners if they wish to discover this film when it eventually comes out here in some capacity, if it ever will. Mm. Uh,
2: Well, I gave that one a rating of four, which feels quite generous now looking back on it, but that's what I gave it, so what the hell. Wow. Uh,
0: I mean, I gave it a two, so that's, yeah. Hmm. It, it was very closely, it was very close uh, Close to God's Not Dead as being one of the very worst films I think I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. Mm. Um, so, yeah. No so... more shark films. That's it. There's no point in doing any more. And that's ended it. That killed any <laughs> joy
1: I get out of them. Sorry, um, Sorry guys.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so, it's a big one next.
2: Is this the final one?
1: Uh, it's it's the final proper one we're going to talk because, about.
2: Because uh, just to as we record, Deadpool Two came out yesterday. Um, I certainly haven't seen it. I don't know if Soul managed to. Uh...
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it.
2: And actually, and in fact, Solo will have come out by the time this episode drops. But obviously, it's not out now, mm-hmm. so yeah. we can't talk about it yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Should we? Should we briefly discuss? Because uh... Deadpool Two, most things I've read, and I haven't been reading in massive detail suggests that it is actually a far more um, self-assured, uh, intelligent, subversive film than the first, really? and that they kind of have built upon. They have felt that they can kind of go off the rails and be a bit more crazy. And um, I've, I've read a lot of things from people who say they hated the first film, who loved the second, so I actually am quite looking oh. forward to seeing it now. Yeah, I don't know. And as for Solo, early reviews suggest it isn't a complete and utter train wreck. Okay, they also <laughs> yeah. suggest it's very inconsequential and nothingy, but but uh, I don't know. Sounds like it might be fun. Hmm. Hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being my favourite Star Wars film ever made, to be honest. So.
2: <laughs> 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 mm. Yeah, so the bad guy in Deadpool 2 is played by Josh Brolin. Yeah. Mm. And so can you see where I'm going with this very seamless segue? Yeah.
1: That was
0: really good. <laughs>
1: At this point, I think if you haven't seen Avengers: Infinity War, like you've already had it spoiled you for you can't. by something on the internet. So, like, turn off now if you haven't seen it and you've somehow avoided spoilers, because um, this is the last film we're talking about now. So, I assume we've all seen this one, all three of us.
2: Yep, yep. I went to the cinema. I went to the cinema to see this on a Sunday. Af- no, Sunday morning at eleven a.m. <laughs> uh, two weeks hmm. after it was released. So you're mental and you went <laughs> Midnight showing on the opening night Because yeah. apparently you like being sat In a room full of twats uh, <laughs> yeah, It just makes you feel at home So no, would you I like just... to share that experience With us?
1: If I hadn't done that, parts of the film would have been spoiled For me, I, I, I came home And there were spoilers on the internet As I was leaving the cinema Some guy was on his phone and his mate said What are you doing? And he went I'm spoiling it on Facebook Lol uh, hmm. Yeah so, um, you know. But I'll tell you
2: what.
0: People are horrible. Yeah, are I know. Dreadful, you know? <laughs> it's really annoying. I hate it's, that. But
2: i tell you what. You know, there's murderers and rapists <laughs> as well. But mostly spoilers of films.
1: Yeah, but, you know, they can be crimes of passion, can't they? Whereas this is just cold hearted, calculated, <laughs> antisocial behaviour. Um <laughs> I, I tell you what, right? I've never gone to a midnight showing before. It was actually a really good experience. The, the cinema was busier than I, I've ever seen it, which astounded me. The car park was nearly full, and it's a big car park. But there was like a real buzz in the air, and it, it just felt like the, the American experience of watching something at the cinema. People were like, Ugh, and you're saying and this cheering. is a good thing? It was at, like, it, it, I in, wouldn't
2: have made it out. I wouldn't. I would have burned down the building that's why well, not, it, it,
1: <laughs> the, look so I was sat waiting for it to start and you know you had nobeds coming in in like marvel baseball caps and stuff and that was all like of oh, what are you doing Was there but anyone then, actually
2: in costume but
1: not quite no all right, all right, uh, that but, we'll but the close like what it meant was that every joke landed there were joke like people laughing with every joke. Like Ugh. every moment just kind of played properly. Like, even, even that even even moments that when you know that like, moment when Vision and Scarlet Witch are fighting, and then this train goes past, and then there's a silhouetted character, and you go mm. you go oh well it's probably Captain America it's early on whatever, and then Captain America walks in, and you're meant to be like oh my god it's Captain America he's got a beard. People in the, cin- people in the cinema <laughs> were like oh, woo and clapping and cheering, oh, and it it was no. good fun man. No I wouldn't
2: I wouldn't have made it. I enjoyed really it,
1: and then I I did I went back to watch it again because I wanted to take the film in properly as a film rather than as a, a kind of soap opera, which was what the first viewing really was. Um, and that was a Sunday evening, and it was like the most British, subdued. <laughs> no one laughed at any jokes. Not, no one reacted. That's how to films anything. should be seen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah, I mean, I've, I've had both experiences. Um,
2: Hmm. Well, it's good. I mean, what little respect I had for you is now gone. But uh, well, what did you think of the film?
1: <laughs> I loved it. Man. Bearing
0: in mind that the respect has gone, <laughs> so
1: I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. It was it was basically everything I could have um, hoped for from this film. <laughs> uh,
2: well, before we go into details, Calvin, let's get your opinion, as I sense it may be right. different.
0: Um, well, I think we all had very different first experiences seeing. It. I I saw it at working in the industry. You do get the luxury of the occasional industry screening, and I saw it at one of those. Yes, yes, very fancy. Uh, so so it, it because it was full of people who are in that business already. There was you know some crowd interaction and open laughter and gasps and that sort of thing so i did have some lesser form of audience participation um it, it, this one's real tough for me because similar to black panther how like i had a one specific emotion when i immediately came out of the film compared to what i was telling people about this is one where i came out of it thinking like there are some bits in there that are like some of the most kinetic and well-paced action sequences i think i've ever seen there were some really funny bits characterization was all very good mm. uh, and, and yet equally there were bits that were so mind-numbingly stupid and bad and I hated 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 the ending more than yeah, I can, can we, express with words can we put a pin
1: in the ending uh, get to that later oh yeah I'm not going to go into any more detail yeah. just yet I, I'll, you know, until I'll, we've heard Alan's thoughts I'll come round <laughs> yeah like my yeah
0: I am going to have to see it again. Mm. Uh, I I certainly didn't experience it the first time as a soap opera like Soul did, because I've said this in countless Avengers episodes that we've done before. I'm not terribly invested in these characters. I don't really care out of any of them. Like, who lives, who dies? I I, I don't really Mm. have any stakes in that. So yeah, seeing it as a very, very casual Marvel fan, uh I, I'd probably average I average out that rating, I guess. But yeah, what about you, Alan?
2: Well, I think I might be coming kind of in the middle here, where I, you know, I'm not a big Avengers fan, I wasn't going into it with any great expectations. And I kind of liked it. I I was alright with it. Um I think it was a well-made film in the sense mm. that there's a hell of a lot going on, a lot of plates mm, being spun, mm. and I think for the most part it's really well handled. I think. And can, mm. on, that, on
1: that note, can I just jump in and say, one of the big criticisms I've seen of this film is that it's overblown, overstuffed, too much going on. And I really think, all things considered, it's actually quite a restrained film. Mm, there's so much that they could have done in it that like they didn't have Hawkeye they didn't have Ant-Man there's so many elements in it where they kind of held back and were like no we're going to kind of streamline this scene make this as simple as possible and And I think it's actually quite admirable how they managed to pull that off
2: and I think that is because they picked the plot and they stuck to it Mm. and that plot is Mm. Thanos and the Infinity Stones That's, that's the plot of this film um, and there is other things that go on, which are obviously being set up for something later on. I could have done without. I could have done without that, to be honest. Um, yeah. There's, there's definitely some characters that didn't need to be there. A couple of scenes that could easily be cut out. But I assume it's going to pay off later on.
1: I think the most overt hangover that stops it being self-contained is uh, Bruce Banner and mm. his whole arc with like, oh. Yeah. Well, Which I say is arc, obviously it's just a,
2: Yeah, it's just a, a taste of what's to come.
0: It, wait a minute, no, it's not self-contained at all. Well, it's it, like the amount it, well, it, of it is. things. No, 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 there are arcs that are completed here. Like, Loki and Thor, their arc is kind of done pretty much at the start of this. If you don't have any mm. prior knowledge, if you haven't seen any of those films, that moment is inconsequential. And yeah, that's really not matter. even an arc,
1: that's just a nubbin on the end of what was an arc completed in Thor Ragnarok. Um... No, the, the the thing is, uh, why I think this works for me, because I generally speaking cannot stand when a film does just end and tell you to come back next time, which this film absolutely does, don't get me wrong. But the reason why I think it gets away with it here, for me, uh, is basically that if there's a protagonist of this film, it is Thanos, and mm. he has a complete arc. He has a hero's yeah. journey within this film. Um, it's his story, and I think the film works on that level.
2: I agree with that. And I think that's basically why this works. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm just going to repeat what you said. I think Thanos' journey is what we're following here. And the Avengers are the set decoration, so to speak. I mean, are we going to have to talk about the ending? But <laughs> what, I, what I feel... If that was the ending of this film... Can we save film. the
1: ending till the end? I, I just, I'll just, i very quickly touch on um, just a few more broad strokes just to kind of get them off my chest. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. But, like... I think almost every individual scene taken as a standalone moment in this film is just done so well. Um mm-hmm. I think I think you mentioned Calvin the characterization being top notch and I I really agree with that. Like I never quite mm-hmm. clicked with the Guardians of the Galaxy, but they were they were my favorite characters possibly in this one. I I really enjoyed. Completely, their, I agree with their, that as well. And, and particularly yeah. Thor and Rocket Raccoon's uh, rapport working mm. off. If the ending oh, does yes. stick and Guardians Three is just Thor and Rocket and like maybe Howard the <gasps> Duck, I'll be so happy. That's obviously not going <laughs> to be the case, but
2: yeah, uh, I I agree um, with that. I I liked uh, yeah Guardians of the Galaxy gang with Thor. Like mm. when Thor and what's his face Chris Pratt. Uh, kind of facing off and yeah that the way that's handled is done really nicely it's 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 funny because it has the guardians of galaxy humor which Mm. has now become Mm. Thor humor as well in the last film Uh, so that was a perfect pairing whenever they were on that was my favorite bits but then there was other bits mm. with like Scarlett Johansson and and um, Mark Ruffalo as Hulk that was just like no point in this (laughs) not adding anything like I don't Scarlett Johansson may as well not have been in it
0: I liked the um, teaming up of uh, Iron Man and Doctor Strange as oh, well. Oh, yes, the, they were I think, the, I think the writers have talked about the Frasier inspiration yes. behind that. Yes. Because, <laughs> uh, they're pretty much the same character, but is yeah. f- just a bit more experience. Yeah. So I thought they had great... Uh, Benedict Wong, he was great yeah. and disappointed yeah. when he left so early. Yeah. But I guess, you know, yeah. he has to make time for
1: the biggest stuff. He has to protect the inner sanctum. Uh, well, yeah, it's an yeah job. true. Yeah. But I, again, that's another great. Exa- I forgot about Doctor Strange, but that's another great example because he yeah. his film was one of the weaker Marvel films, I'd say, leading up to this. And he was on point here. I thought he was fantastic. I I loved him.
2: Well, like I say, they're all well handled. That's what I liked about this. Yeah, I I could do without Doctor Strange to be honest. I'm, uh, all right.
1: Oh, I, he was one of my favorite parts of this film. I I thought he was. They
2: used him well. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I think is very important, to be honest, with the the ending and, and setting up a lot of the shit that goes down in the third act and the way that it uh, mm. well, plays out. I bet it's important what, to what, the
2: what... next film when they... Yeah. It all. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: And the other thing is that, um, again, just going to how kind of well thought through it all was, the, the opening scene is um if for fans of the franchise it's it's utterly nihilistically brutal
2: it's what we call the alien 3 gambit mm. <laughs> just but but it's it a very
1: i think it's a very consciously like we're going to completely gut punch you you enjoyed that film we'll fuck you and it's such a look we're not fucking around kind of opening to the film and I've never quite had an experience like that, watching a film of this scale, of this magnitude, where I, I'm i so tense because at any given moment that someone holds a knife to someone's throat, you kind of think, oh, they could actually die here.
2: Yeah, um, I don't know if I ever felt any real sense of like, oh, anybody could die. Uh, maybe I just don't care. Yeah, me <laughs> I, I,
0: I was <laughs> actually quite disappointed with... like, I think there were only three genuine deaths Four. in there.
2: Okay, let me, I want to make a bit of a broader point before we get to the ending. So what I did like about this was that, you know, we, Thanos, who is, you know, the villain, we go to great pains to see what he's doing and why he's doing it and kind of create an empathetic character. Because ultimately what he's doing is, you know, basically saying there's too many people in the universe. We need to cut that down to, Mm -hmm. so that the, 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 the whole entity has a chance to survive. Yeah. And there's a certain logic to that albeit a brutal one, it's something that plays into our own problems here where the population is getting out of control and it's something we saw in Kingsman, for example. It's becoming, and it was in that last Da Vinci Code film, it's something that's becoming more and more prevalent, this concern over population. Mm. But I just love that they created this character and made it understandable because what this film is, a filmmaker's going, look, we've created a world that is too big, there's too many characters here, and in order for it to go on, we need to cut cut out some, <laughs> some of the dead wood and that's what they do and i really like that this kind of meta sense that the mm. population of the the marvel universe is now too high and it's becoming unmanageable so we're going to fucking gut it and basically mm. walking out of this film i would just it would be a lot better if i had any faith whatsoever that any of this was going to mm. stand and i know that some mm. of these characters are going to stay dead but I also know that in the next film, they're going to pick and choose which ones they want to bring back, find a way to bring them back.
1: And I, it's just I mean, not...
2: So there's no resonance behind it. There's no I, depth behind it.
1: I don't think it's going to be a case of picking and choosing. I, I think everyone who died like properly is dead. And I think everyone... At the end of the film, if you haven't seen it, this is the big spoiler, Thanos snaps his hands. He, he erases half of all life from the galaxy with the Infinity Gauntlet, the, the gems and they all kind of fade away. Uh, there's a, various scenes where just a load of characters fade into dust. And I think what we're going to find out is that those people who, you know, faded away, like, weren't killed, or their deaths don't count as dying, or it's going to be or some kind of massive displacement. going to be reversed in some and, way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and they're all coming back, I can almost guarantee it. They are all coming back.
2: But that's that's the problem with it, because it, it completely it completely weakens the ending because you know that. And it also really weakens the ending because Thanos kind of completes his story arc and he gets this sort of bittersweet triumph, but you know, he doesn't take any pleasure in it. Mm. And, but I know that's going to be reversed as well. So any emotional connection I had to that character is, is pointless as well.
1: I I really was furious with the people around me. They like I did hate people like you do Alan when I watched it at the <laughs> midnight screening and I could hear them all falling for it. <laughs> like, you know, the first one to go I think is Bucky Barnes and some people gasped and it was like, like all right yeah that fair might, enough. That might stand. <laughs> I was going to say fair enough, I can totally get why they think he's dead. Uh but then, you know, um the Guardians start going and, you know, by the time it's, like, Star-Lord, you're like, right. And then Groot's going, and there were people in the cinema going, literally, I heard people going, no, no! Because Groot was uh, doing his final I am Groot. And <laughs> mm. and uh, it's like, well, of course he's coming back, for fuck's sake. And then Spider-Man does his, I don't feel so good, and dies. <laughs> and it's like, right, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, fucking...
0: I. Yeah, I had the exact same thing. With there were there were people genuinely being like, "Oh my god, maybe they announced the Spider-Man film as a as a red herring, and uh, there, there is no going to be no Black Panther two and all that kind of I stuff." I mean, I have like, "Oh my god, yeah. how are they possibly going to come back from this?" It's like, well, it's obvious. Like, they're just going to go back in friggin' time. It's like even Doctor Strange prophesized. Yeah, it's that, that's the point thing. That Doctor Strange right,
1: basically so. spells it all out for them. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah, and and that's why it won't. Bother me too much. I just wish there was less of a circus about the ending. Because cause this is the other thing. Yeah. Like I read so much uh, going into this film about you know reviews mentioning the ending, how it was a gut punch, how no one saw it coming, how it was such a complete and utter surprise. And And even since, I've read so many yeah. things that are just going on about how they didn't see it coming and no one could have seen that coming. And, no, anyone who's read the fucking Infinity Gauntlet comic that this is based on, like, that was exactly what I thought the end of the film was. I think I mention on our Avengers episode, I think I say it's going to end with Thanos getting the gems and then the next film's going to be them dealing with it.
2: That's why I wanted to kind of believe it. it, In the real world, we're at a position where some of these guys are moving on, some of them are getting too old, or whatever we've got scope to remove characters and you can do it with dignity. You can have them die. You can, you yeah. can have them retire. You can replace them. We've got, Oh, look, it's a new Iron Man It's played by someone else, but he's got the same suit. Like you can do that. So, There should be real, real jeopardy in these films because I should be walking in there Mm. going, do you know what, Robert Downey Jr., he's done enough of these films now, he's going to walk away, he doesn't need any more money.
1: But, I mean, did you not feel... This is it, I felt like there was real jeopardy up until the end. And I mean, did you not buy that um, Tony Stark fake-out when he got stabbed in the film? Uh,
0: No, unless it's a headshot or something more final. That, I I knew, "Ah, he's going to come back from that, he'll be fine. Yeah.
1: Um I think um I think the next film we are going to get some pretty heavy casualties that are like going to be significant characters. I you know everyone keeps saying Tony Stark Captain America. I think Tony Stark will survive. I think the more I've thought about it the more his arc really needs to be that he kind of survives and puts it behind him and, and manages to just kind of live a normal
2: life and... why don't they make Spider-Man his like young ward and then he your, Spider-Man becomes the new Iron Man like he just they scales basically up have. yeah, oh yeah they did didn't they okay well there you go, boom, done Iron <laughs> Man can retire, Iron <laughs> but Spider-Man that's it. I
1: th- that's it, I think Iron Man's arc will be basically he, oh, really become, he becomes and the and new Nick retires,
2: Fury so. that's what happens
1: Yeah, I mean, Mm it might be, yeah. (laughs) Except it won't be Robert Downey
0: Jr. because he'll be far too expensive. Apparently he got paid like $200 million alone for these like two Avengers films. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Do you think it would have been good if during that time when everyone's uh, floating away, uh, if we just cut to a quick shot of Jeremy Renner, just with his family, just to see him dissolve into ash, (laughs) just as a kind of like, don't worry guys, we've (laughs) done with it.
1: That that would have been really good because the the most annoying thing about that ending is that you just know in the next film there's gonna be a dramatic reveal where a train goes past and then there's like a silhouetted <laughs> character and this guy steps out from the oh, shadows and it's Hawkeye and this and then another playing. train comes to
2: the other way and just smashes. Him. <laughs> <laughs> It, Even your just,
0: enthusiastic midnight audience wouldn't loop yeah, that. Yeah, deal, I don't. Think. I
2: just
1: know that there's going to be a scene where we're expected to care for Hawkeye showing up, and no, like we mm. won't, and it's going to annoy me. So uh, out of ten, this is really tough. <laughs> um, oh, because the
0: ending did just leave me with such a sour taste in my mouth. I think it's going to be six out of ten for me, but then that could. If this, yeah, if it works very nicely with the next film, that could go up, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well,
2: funnily enough, I I'm give it a seven, and I mm. suspect based on if I watch the next film, I'll probably come back to this and drop it yeah. because I'm expecting <laughs> to be disappointed by what they do in the next film.
1: Yeah, I, my my ratings also like very likely to fluctuate depending on how the next film plays things out. But as it stands, I'm giving it a ten.
2: <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Uh, I wow. I never wanted it
1: to end, man. I I honestly I was so happy. I enjoyed every second, apart from the ending.
2: that's hmm. well, nonsense. But
0: yeah, Ugh.
2: I do want to mention one more thing. Actually, what I think was probably the worst character slash performance in the whole thing was... Oh, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was <laughs> that about? It just didn't work at all. What was the voice? Was it the voice he was Hello, doing? Hello, I'm... Yeah. Oh. Now, does
1: he do that? I've never watched Game of Thrones. Is that the British accent oh. he does in Game of Thrones? <laughs> Hello, I'm Peter Dinklage and I'm English. <laughs> I know not Thor. With that,
0: not with that deep, uh that oh, affectation. Yeah, I mean, the accent is similar, but not that it's, 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 It was
2: like, yeah, because he was trying to do it like... Fee-fi-fo-fum giant voice. I guess the character isn't given enough space to really be developed, but it, it, yeah, that feels like a bad actor. And I've seen the guy act well, so I know it's not. So I don't know what the problem there is. Did he just like, was it a last minute replacement and they just sort of like threw him on set or what? What I
1: think it's just a a joke because it's like everyone knows he's small, but look, he's massive. Mm. (laughs) But
2: Yeah, but then... He is still an actor, though. It's not like he can't. He can't. I I mean, I thought
1: he was fine. I thought he was more like two-dimensional and cartoony than most of the performances. Anyway, is is that our Avengers discussion done? Uh,
2: Yes, which is about as long as the discussion on all the other films. I know, but this is
1: what everyone wants to hear. They love the Avengers.
2: (laughs) Cool. Right. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.
0: Right. Are we stopping then?
1: Wait.
0: Wait. Wait. (laughs) I'm going to click my fingers. Oh, you're you're both gone. Oh. oh well, it'll just be me next week then.
1: I've, uh, ha- I've got half my you half my body's gone. But
2: half. <laughs> oh, of, no,
0: this didn't work as I planned. Me's still here.
2: <laughs> hey guys, I'm back. I was dead, but I've just turned back time and I'm, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I was dead for a bit. Don't that was a scary few minutes,
1: you. that, but uh, it's all worked out alright.
2: Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to Diminishing Returns, and this is another plug for our website, dimreturns.com, and another request to, if you care to do so, leave a positive iTunes rating and or review if you haven't done so already. It would really help us out uh, by helping more listeners like yourself find the show and hopefully enjoy it and get something out of it. Uh, Please do join us again next week as we look towards what is undoubtedly going to be one of the biggest movies of the year, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom.